0: Welcome to Transition, Gadgets 360's gaming and pop culture podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about so many gaming-related announcements, including Nintendo Direct, Tokyo Game Show announcements, PSVR India price drop, and some stuff around EA games not being Amazon exclusive. We also have some complaints about Forza 7's very tiny day one patch, PS18 India price, and PUBG getting some record numbers, apart from Fortnite and its cross-platform nature. Alright, so as usual, we have Familiar Faces, Rishi Albani, who's our games editor.
1: I don't know if Faces is the right thing, because this is a podcast and it's an audio format, but okay. Hmm. Familiar face ID soon. <laughs> oh, you mean connect? Yeah. Yeah,
0: And uh-huh. that's the voice ID of Mikhail Madnani, Hello. who's a friend of the podcast.
1: More yeah. like fiend of the podcast, but yeah. okay.
0: And we I'm your friend. host, Pranay Parap. So I think first of all, uh, what happened last week was that we recorded a podcast and within 12 hours of us recording, the Nintendo Direct took place. So a lot of uh, crazy announcements happened, including something we've been predicting for ages now. That's the Super Mario Odyssey bundle.
2: Okay, so uh, the Nintendo Direct took place around 3.30am India time. Uh, Rishi was the only one who stayed up and watched it and it seemed to be worth it because uh, we got some crazy announcements, really unexpected stuff and release dates for some anticipated titles like both Skyrim and Xenoblade Chronicles 2 on <laughs> the Switch.
0: Is Skyrim <clears throat> even anticipated anymore?
2: Yeah, like yeah. on this podcast, two people are buying it. <laughs> one to hate, one to play, but yeah, it's being bought. So, yeah. uh, cool. Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is something which no one thought would release. Let Like forget the first nine months of the Switch's life cycle. We didn't think it would release until late 2018. Given how these announcements usually are, but it's releasing on 1st December now worldwide, it has a limited edition on all platforms and a new custom pro controller with xenoblade chronicles 2 artwork but what's even more amusing is uh the amount of detail nintendo went into when it came to
1: talking about the game world the characters the factions and usually these are things that uh, most other publishers would reserve for a trailer and like slice it up in all of like a minute or two but it's nice to see some de- uh, uh, some proper time devoted to what to expect when you actually get your hands on the game i think it's a rather refreshing approach it's a little more in-depth because they even went went on to describe certain elements of the battle system certain elements of how uh, combat support works uh they even talked about the game world which is really intriguing because a lot of the areas you visit are actually uh are actually look uh, cities and towns built on the backs and sometimes in the innards of giant living beasts (laughs) which I think is really cool. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that was obviously, from personally, that was my favorite announcement of the entire bunch. But uh, sadly, Fallout 4 was a no-show, uh, though some
2: rumors do point f- to a release next year.
0: Mike, you're happy, aren't you?
2: Oh, it was the best thing. Like uh, When the rumors started and when we started seeing listings and all that, uh, Rishi's like, yes, how do you feel? Fallout 4 is coming to the Switch. And I was like, why Fallout 4? I mean, I know it's Bethesda's new best-selling game and all, like, it's almost as good selling as skyrim but i was like why that why not something good from them and that's oh so they delivered so, oh wait so they delivered wet finally for the switch and rogue warrior uh, i don't think nintendo would allow a game called wet on their platform it's actually a pretty good game it's like max pain but better oh i off. thought it would be like dead or alive extreme 3 beach volleyball <laughs> but okay so back to the nintendo direct uh Bethesda and Nintendo announced both Doom and Wolfenstein 2 for Nintendo Switch. Doom is actually coming out before the end of this year and Wolfenstein 2 is coming out in early 2018. And this is a big surprise. But it's something which I understood why it's happening. Out of all the studios under Bethesda and all the engines they work with, uh It Tech Six is one of the engines that scales best on low-end hardware and high-end hardware and its software is probably the only company that said yeah let's port doom everywhere like they took it up as a challenge and that's how they got it running because they've been known to like they're programming wizards so yeah so they're they're pretty good when it comes to that. i
1: mean even when we played uh doom on release and even post release it ran quite well across the ps4 xbox one and pc and even uh, and, and even right now i mean considering the switch is touted to have as much power as an xbox one maybe a little less uh it's no surprise that it's that it's there but to see a third party support to this degree where where a triple eight shooter which is usually you know reserved for what is perceived to be more powerful hardware make its way to the switch is a big deal i mean it shows that third parties are actually taking the console seriously fine i mean we had l.a war, which was which was coming to the switch and to be honest from a technical standpoint that isn't such a big deal
2: but it's still rockstar putting a game on switch which is the first one since what gta chinatown was yes So, but there are two things interesting about the Doom announcement. One is uh, both Doom and Wolfenstein run on 8 Tech 6, so getting Doom to run means Wolfenstein will have an easier job getting ported there. The other announcement is now Bethesda has officially given a Nintendo platform better support than Capcom, which is basically grown up with Nintendo and PlayStation. Essentially, like, they made a name for themselves on those two platforms, mainly.
1: I don't know how you can say that, considering that uh, Capcom did bring Monster Hunter Double Cross. And the Resident Evil games are coming to Switch as well. Those are
2: spin-off games. Like, Bethesda straight up putting their A game on Switch right now. Ah, that way, yes. Capcom has a... A game which is a port of a 3DS game which is not getting localized and it has two Resident Evil spin-off games that are available even on the Vita and 3DS which are now coming to Switch and uh, they aren't even doing a proper physical release so I'd say Capcom is uh, they are losing a lot of money out of this and uh, it's quite funny but uh, Doom actually has an interesting history on Nintendo platforms. The original Doom was ported to SNES. It was ported to GBA. We even had a the custom Doom 64, which is pretty mind-blowing.
1: Yeah, and the, there was even uh, an Atari Jaguar version, which in fact started it all on consoles.
2: So, uh, Doom being on console isn't new, but yeah, like being able to quote-unquote rip and tear anywhere on the Switch is going to be really good. I can't wait to buy it, so. Yeah, all right. Um, but I yeah, think... like that's actually not the biggest announcement yeah. of the Direct, even though that was the biggest oh, surprise.
1: So, so, you mean Mario Odyssey? Yeah. Or you're talking about the new Pokemon and Pokemon Ultra Sun and Moon?
2: no but so, pokemon so we got you caps we we'll get to the 3ds stuff after switch but uh super mario odyssey they showed off new details they showed off new kingdoms still looks fantastic and there is a console bundle which has a red joy Cons, super mario odyssey and a case or it just has super mario odyssey digitally joy-cons without a case
1: and following in the same vein as uh, xenoblade chronicles 2 they also showed off Details that again, most other publishers would just reserve for a trailer and leave it at that. Which included the fact that uh, it's that your airship is actually called Odyssey. Hmm. Oh yes, and there are mini games galore. Uh, you can even race RC cars as well. Uh, they showed off uh, a new area called, uh, which uh, an ice area called Shivering or something like that. Whose name I completely forget at this stage. But point is, yeah, there was a lot they showed off in terms of uh, in terms of pl- uh, levels, in terms of platforming, in terms of what new moves you have. Uh, they even uh, explained what benefits each amiibo have in the game, which is also pretty cool. Uh, there are three special amiibo coming for it, uh, Wedding Mario, Wedding Peach, and Wedding Bowser.
2: Yeah, uh, one of them unlocks Temporary Invincibility, which is interesting because... Uh, yeah. <laughs> pay to win. <laughs> yes.
1: So, But pay to win in a premium game.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But one surprise is there was no expansion pass announced yet, which I still think is going to happen at some point. And uh, other than that, what other stuff happened on the Switch? Uh, we when, have a release date for Skyrim. It's releasing in on I November 17th. Yeah, 10th in some regions and 17th in others, I think. Okay. Uh, I think actually it's 17th. There's yeah. another game. which But yeah, Skyrim uh, finally has yeah. a release date. And, and then there was
1: Champions Ballad where they showed off uh, a lot more around the game. What you can expect. They even talked about how there are new this Amiibo. This is Breath
2: of the Wild DLC, if yeah. you want to. Yeah.
1: Mm. Um, they showed off new Amiibo as well. Uh, talked a bit about the game. And uh, obviously, endgame spoilers. So we're not going to go into actual details. or as discussed. But yeah, it, was, it seemed interesting too. So that was another thing that's also going to come out. They even brought up Fire Emblem
2: uh, Warriors. Yeah, Fire Emblem Warriors is... Uh... Like Omega Force's take on Fire Emblem with their Warriors franchise, and they actually showed off more stuff, introduced new characters, and it's looking competent, it's not looking like just another skin for a Warriors game, looking forward to that. Uh, They showed off a new gameplay trailer for the Switch exclusive project Octopath Traveler, which is from the Bravely Default team, and they released a demo which everyone could download for free at that time, and it's a really good demo. Uh, the visuals are very interesting because they still use 2D sprites and uh, in 3D environments, but with 2D visuals. And, and they called it... Uh, and then they also... more Aside from using 2D
1: sprites with 3D visuals, they also use modern day lightning techniques. So what you get is a very fresh looking game that still would appeal to those who prefer their, 16, their RPGs in 16-bit.
2: Yeah, and uh, now we move to the 3DS stuff. Uh, we had an announcement for Minecraft on the new 3DS which released as soon as the Direct ended, which is a very big deal for Japan and probably not other places because Minecraft is huge in Japan and handhelds are huge in Japan. In fact, there's this game called Cube Creator 3D, which is a Minecraft clone, which has done super well on 3DS in Japan and in the US. And now you have uh, the full Minecraft, which unfortunately won't be updated to uh, the Better Together update, which lets everyone play together but i foresee minecraft doing really well for mojang microsoft and everyone involved in it
1: yeah and also it's an interesting note that uh, minecraft on the vita is still one of the best selling games in that country so we won't be surprised to see that, uh, that, that this takes off just as well if not more so considering that the v- uh, the 3ds has a massive install base speaking of which there are a few more 3ds announcements right yeah
2: so uh, for you and atlas are bringing the alliance alive uh, which is a game which looks like a spiritual successor to The Legend of Legacy, which was also on 3DS. It has music from Final Fantasy veteran Masashi Hamazo and looks really interesting. Uh, we got an announcement for Radiant Historia, Perfect Chronology, Collector's Edition, uh, a demo for Etrian Odyssey 5 released after the Direct. Lots of stuff if you're into RPGs. But the big announcement for everyone in India for 3DS is uh, Pokemon Ultra Sun and Moon will have new Pokemon which aren't in any other game.
1: Yeah, but yeah, while you have Pokemon which aren't in any other game and you have variants of them, one being a dusk version, one being a dawn version uh and you also have new areas which allow you like a, an area where surfers hang out on the beach you have areas where or you have a valley which just has a wild pikachu that you can catch and there's even uh, new cosmetics as well which include uh uh you know a pikachu t-shirt and stuff like that and even more amusingly there are ultimate beasts one is assembly and one is called build both which are again exclusive to pokemon ultra sun and ultra moon but uh, i mean these additions aside it's essentially the same core game there have been some additions to the narrative been some additions in terms of locales that you'll visit but uh that is and also yeah they did mention that how you get your starter pokemon this time around is very different than how it usually is in in the last game so they're trying to b- bring up the differences to, to make sure that people you know spend twice but how it works out or not again remains to be seen uh,
2: another announcement nintendo made was uh to their arcade archives catalog which is done by hamster corporation the developer that brings some arcade classics to a lot of platforms but what they're going to do now for the nintendo switch is bring nintendo's arcade games like uh, super mario mario brothers versus balloon fight versus these are games you could play only in the arcade slight variance on the nes games and uh, this could signal the fact that we're not going to get a virtual console on the switch because uh We've seen Square Enix release 3 mana games for the Nintendo Switch in a separate package, Namco's done Namco Museum, and now we have Nintendo's own arcade games being ported separately and we we got an announcement that Excitebike is also coming through that today. So it's I'm a little disappointed if they won't do uh, a virtual console on the Switch.
1: I don't think it's a question of virtual console at the end of the day when you're just releasing everything wholesale do you really need to have it in a separate thing called the virtual console i don't think it's necessary so i think it's a move in the right direction because do you really want two storefronts i mean it's confusing
2: for, for some customers it's not world, a storefront right? it's going to be the same because when you buy stuff on the 3ds or the wii u it still downloads as a separate tile over here when you buy an arcade classics game it still has its own tile on the switch so In that sense, it would still be the same thing if they release it under Arcade Archives or whether they release it as a virtual console title. I just mean, uh, given how Nintendo's mentioned that SNES and NES games will be added uh, every month when people pay for online, this signals that they probably don't want to do a separate virtual console, which would be disappointing. Because uh, a lot of people who bought a Switch have never owned a Nintendo console and they won't be able to legally play games like Link to the Past and the Nintendo 64 games as well.
1: Yeah, well, it's called a, a, NES, a SNES Mini. I literally
2: uh, just said legal way. Yeah, SNES Mini is legal. Okay. Yeah, really? How many people can buy it legally now, though? It's going to happen. <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, basically, aside from that, uh, that's all that was covered for the Nintendo Direct. It was yeah. pretty major announcements. It's actually funny that Nintendo Direct, which is a standalone conference, a standalone live stream slash announcement thing from Nintendo, turned out to be more interesting than Sony's flagship Japanese Tokyo Game Show press conference.
1: Um, I don't know. It depends how you look at it. Because uh, for one thing, all the enhancements for TGS are essentially focused on Japan. For a large part of it. So I, I don't know what the rest of us would have been expecting. But I mean, for me, there are a few pleasant surprises. Uh, Final Fantasy IX, which is in my opinion, the best Final Fantasy game uh, right up there with FF12, uh, is getting re-released on the PlayStation 4.
2: And it's available right now.
1: It's available right now. It's also re- available on iOS and uh, Android and, and Steam. Steam. And Steam and uh, the, obviously the ps4 version will have some uh, hopefully have some of the features we've come to expect with final fantasy 7 on the ps4 which includes boosters cheats and the, all the cool things you want to do within an rpg uh and if you're short of time so you can even i mean with ff7 on the ps4 you could essentially stop all random encounters which made the game a lot more pleasant to play uh hopefully we'll see something similar here uh I'm definitely looking to check it out that aside we saw uh, Zone of the Enders uh, for those of you who don't know Zone of the Enders is a long is was a basically a game which is a, which is a, is a mecha franchise giant robots essentially which had three games two on the PS2 which are Zone of Enders Zone of Enders 2 and a third game which is a spin-off on the Game Boy Advance now, it was held by uh, the guy behind Metal Gear Solid, Hideo Kojima, and since he's left Konami, well, Konami's decided to pillage uh, his legacy for quick profit, or so it seems. Because Zone of the Enders, uh, or Zone of the Enders Mars Edition, or whatever it is they're calling it this time, is uh, built for VR, of all things. Uh, hopefully, it's playable without VR, details are a little scarce on that. And uh, that's one thing that's that's going to be interesting when it comes out. That's out in spring 2018. And uh, in addition to that, we also saw some more VR announcements, such as Mike's favorite game, Neko Atsume, which is a cat-raising simulator. Cat-collecting game. Cat-collecting game. It's Getting... the one
2: which uh, you, you look at on your phone for like a minute every few hours or something and like f- lay out food for cats to come it's interesting with seeing how that game has grown because it released as a mobile game first and then it got ported to 3ds in japan and it's done really well Now <laughs> it's getting psvr version It just it's too funny yeah but uh, other than that uh, we, there was an interesting announcement from square enix there's a game called left alive which features art by yoji shinkawa it features the director of and people involved with front mission and another game which I can't remember right uh, now. Armored Core. So, uh, and it's a survival shooter.
1: Yeah, so Yoji Shinkawa is the illustrator responsible for a lot of the cool artwork we've seen in Metal Gear Solid in the past. And he's usually been Hideo Kojima's partner in crime or that. But since he's obviously moved on from Konami, he's able to do his other projects as well. So yeah, he's uh, he's definitely doing, so he's doing something with Square Enix on Left Alive. Um, what's interesting is that it seems to be a survival game. Now we've seen a lot of these on Steam in the recent past. We've seen H1Z1, we've seen, uh, we've seen The Long Dark, we've seen We Happy Few, we've seen a lot of games take on, and even Ark Survival evolved, right? We've seen a lot of games take the whole uh, survival element of gameplay with crafting. But uh, given that Square Enix is known for uh, narrative, known for story, uh, and the fact that the guys involved are known for creating games with giant robots, uh, how how this all fits in would be fun to see. But right now, nothing more to go by than a trailer and the fact that it's coming to PS4 and Steam.
0: Hmm. okay anything else from the tokyo game show that you guys want to talk about
1: there was one last thing when it was the thing they ended the conference with which was a uh, monster hunter world which uh,
2: mike is a massive massive fan of so yeah like i started i got monster hunter first on uh, vita through psp and never really bothered with it but when i got a 3ds uh, everyone was hyping up monster hunter 4 ultimate so i picked it up put in more than 100 hours into it like got addicted to it really good then played Monster Hunter Generations. Now playing the Japanese version of Monster Hunter Double Cross. Uh, it's good. It's basically an action RPG with very, very deep tactical combat. Uh, very weapon-specific combat. Huge monsters to take down. And it, it's really fun in co-op, online and local. Uh, the, new, uh, the new big Monster Hunter game is called Monster Hunter World, which is the next mainline game. And it's called World because it's getting a worldwide simultaneous release this January. <laughs> and it is going to release in India officially. So this Whoa. will be one of the first... Monster Hunter games after the PSP to release over here Hmm. because uh, obviously Nintendo 3DS didn't see many releases over here and Monster Hunter World even has a collector's edition and a custom PS4 Pro bundle which is now the first custom PS4 Pro console. I'm
0: guessing that's not coming to
1: India.
2: Probably not. Mm. I don't even know if it's going to come to Europe. If they're smart, they'll do it in Europe but it's announced for Japan right now as a custom bundle.
1: Yeah, so I don't think it'll make it here because uh, at least the feedback Sony's got over the years is that Indians don't buy special edition consoles we prefer our consoles black so yeah it's unlikely and even though this has got a really cool splash of red uh, I don't see that happening I mean there's a greater chance of Microsoft releasing the Xbox One X in India this year than this coming here officially
2: so yeah they showed off a new trailer announced the release date and all and yeah uh, Q1 2018 is already looking great for fans of Japanese games and games in general so looking forward to that and uh, Other than that, uh, the other thing which Sony didn't announce was what looks like the death of the Vita because uh, usually it's a joke. Everyone makes a joke that the Vita is dead and all, but this time Sony didn't even include the platform in its montage and in its promo images. The only mentions of the Vita were for two games which were announced earlier. One was uh, 13 Sentinels, I guess, from Vanilla Wear and Atlas. And one of the other things was from Sega, which was a game called A Certain Magical Virtual On. Other than that, there was not no real mention of the Vita. In fact, Sony, I don't even think they said Vita on stage at all. So yeah, if you've been on the fence, if you want a Vita for the likes of Homebrew or the back catalogue, uh, you, your time is running out to get one.
1: Yeah, and sooner the better because even right now sixty four gig storage is turning out to be ridiculously expensive. So the sooner you bounce on that, the better. But I mean That aside, I mean, while TGS obviously is very focused towards Japan, there have been some interesting local announcements uh, also right now, uh, particularly if you're a fan of virtual reality. So uh, what we're getting at is uh, PlayStation VR has got its first official price cut for India. Two people are clapping. Yeah, all of two. And I'm sure the rest of the the noise you're hearing is rustling of cables because it's a cable nest. Mm. Uh, So essentially placed the PSVR camera bundle which comes with the PSVR cables demo disk and the all important PSI or PlayStation 4 camera uh, is now available for 37990 rupees which is a 4000 rupee discount over the 41990 rupee price it launched that this isn't the only price drop uh, sony has also announced that games will uh, psvr games are also getting a big price cut drive club vr is is like 500 rupees cheaper now it's now one triple nine instead of two four nine nine uh, a game like farpoint which is a shooter that's it's now a thousand bucks cheaper from three uh, two three triple nine to two triple nine and uh, we're even seeing a uh, discounts on uh, the Far, FarPoint point vr plus aim controller bundle which is now two thousand rupees cheaper uh, from six thousand down to uh, three thousand uh, i down four thousand so we're seeing discounts across the board and the, the the timeline for these to hit the shelves is that now it's is that it's now so uh if you're looking for a market in, if sorry if you're looking to pick up a psvr now's the right time the pricing has just dropped uh, it's quite fresh that way and uh yeah grab one if you want to but honestly again uh, my opinion of the hardware is i mean you can check it out on our site gadget c60.com. Uh, we found it to be comp- a, a very competent piece of kit but too many wires at this stage to warrant it, in my opinion. But if you can live with that, yeah, it's worth giving a shot.
0: Hmm. Okay, then moving on to things that are actually interesting. Rishi, I believe you had an exclusive bit of news for yeah, us. Yeah,
1: so uh, if you guys remember a couple of years ago, everyone's favorite publisher, uh, Electronic Arts, decided to make its games uh, exclusive to Amazon India. And uh, we had an in-depth report as to why that was the case. A lot of it had to do with transparency issues. A lot of it had to do with its previous distributor, milestone interactive, not exactly playing on board, uh, not exactly collecting VAT, and not exactly being transparent to retailers or EA for that matter. Um, And while it seemed to be working out for the last couple of years, uh, it actually hasn't because... What Amazon has done, Amazon India has uh, recruited Zupatex which is a, a Delhi-based distributor, to offload EA stock to local retailers, to, store, to, to independent stores, to mom-and-pop stores, to toy stores, to even large format retailers like Landmark and specialist game stores like Games The Shop. Now, what this means is, uh, if you're looking for a copy of FIFA 18, chances are you won't have to bother with Amazon because it'll be available at your local store. It'll be available at your local store, might I add, officially. I mean, you'll obviously find grey stock, as is the case year on year with FIFA, but, you might ha- but now you have an additional option. Uh, the implications of this move are rather interesting because year on year, we see FIFA just grow in popularity. It's reached the point where several sub-distributors who bring in FIFA legally, uh, import FIFA legally, uh, do a business of close to 200 300 units per store that they supply to. And we're talking about small hole-in-the-wall stores in places like Indore and Ahmedabad who pick up that much stock on the PS4 alone. So uh, it's a good thing in a way because it makes sure that people get their stock uh, officially. But it's also a very disturbing thing because two years ago, when Amazon made this deal and made a big hue and cry about it, they claimed they were India's biggest game store. Now, uh, I don't know. Uh, When you claim you're India's biggest game store and proceed to discount everyone's favorite game, FIFA, on a regular basis three months after release, year on year, I don't think you're doing that well. And Mm. uh, that seems to be the case. This is indicative of that. Uh, several, several retailers, several distributors, and a lot of people in the industry have said that there's been an excess supply of FIFA 17 from Amazon since last year, and they've even gone on. Some of them have even gone as far as to say that FIFA 18 officially will not be in stock to the large degree or capacity that most people will expect from Amazon at least. Which goes to show that uh, you might be India's biggest game store, but you're not exactly scaling. Or giving people the supply they want officially, which is why on the other hand, you still have a lot of great product coming in. So long story short, uh, with from FIFA 18 onwards, expect a lot of EA games to be in ready supply across the board hmm. and uh, available at your local retailer. You don't have to use Amazon. now. One final thing to this, which is the most amusing part of the bunch, is uh, when we got in touch with EA. There's obviously no response. When we got in touch with Amazon, uh, obviously there's no response. But when we called Zupitex uh, they were more than willing to tell us: yes, it's Amazon stock, and yes, it begins with FIFA 18, and yes, there will be back catalog, as in older EA titles: Battlefield One, Mass Effect, Andromeda, Mirror's Edge, that will also be available offline as well. Uh, but yeah, so that's a thing that's good to know, and hopefully that means those of you who want Need for Speed Payback, Star Wars Battlefront, or even FIFA 18. Don't have to go through hoops to get your copy.
0: Yep. All right. So speaking of competition for FIFA 18, that's Pro Evolution Soccer 2018.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> where is... do you want us to begin? Oh, PES, PES, PES. Oh, I... yeah. It's like it's. I don't know. It's reached a point where I think PES is the emblem of Konami being Konami, and it's not exactly a good sign. Mm. Um, the PC version of the game released last week with the other versions and uh, our uh, our pop culture slash. FIFA editor slash football editor, Akhilar, or or, uh, uh, reviewed it and obviously found it to be, well, not as great as it could have been. But did call out the fact that the PC performance of the game was fantastic and was on par with the console versions. Uh, the PC version sold out on most retailers, including Games A Shop, which is uh, I mean, which is also owned by the distributor of
2: PES, E-Express.
1: Uh, and it was at a pretty decent price at one triple nine. Yeah, one triple
2: nine is uh, low for AAA pricing on PC now in India. And it's on par with Square Enix's price, which is still lower than the likes of Ubisoft and Warner. And uh, <clears throat> at first, we still we didn't know if it was coming here. I mean, we've spoken about this on the podcast before. The Steam page, in fact, went up this morning of recording. And uh, if you missed it on uh, buying a physical copy on PC and you don't have a games shop near you which has stock, you're looking to be paying 3499 $9 minimum for it if you want to buy on Steam versus 1999 $9 at retail or 40 to $45, depending on which key selling site you buy from. But your one triple nine price is gone now because it's sold out.
1: I mean, there is a chance that Games of Shock gets replenishment, but that's unlikely in this situation because uh, long story short, while all of us would like to believe there's a strong number two to FIFA, that's far from the case. So we we, we won't be surprised to see that. Uh, yeah, if you miss the boat, you miss the boat. And more so because uh, the pass pe- 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 on PC is on disk. Uh, So, if you're, again, short on bandwidth, that's something you may have missed out on. And another
2: thing is, uh, releasing PES before FIFA at least gives them some chance for some sales. And the people who want to buy stuff only on Steam and don't like playing outside Steam, yeah, they can only buy PES and not FIFA. Because once FIFA releases, no one's going to care about PES again until next year. Yeah, so that's something to
1: keep in mind. But then I think uh, PES aside and the PES drama side, there's uh, some more impending drama with everyone's favorite creator of racing games, Turn 10, I think they've uh, announced that for Forza 7, the upcoming one of the rare Microsoft quote-unquote exclusives and possible showcase of how awesome the Xbox One X is going to be, will have a day one patch. Only 50 KB. You Oh, you mean 50 GB. <laughs> let's be
2: speak here, here. A 50 GB day one patch. And I don't even know if we should call it a day one patch because <laughs> their description essentially states that while you will be able to play the game off the disc... You will need to download the mandatory update to get access to all game modes. And uh, you know how we've made fun of Final Fantasy XV for being delayed because they wanted to have everything on disc and eventually still having a 7GB day one patch, which has now become 22GB if you put your disc into your console right now. Forza 7 will ship incomplete because it'll have 45GB on a single Blu-ray and you will need to download 50GB more because the game size is 100GB when everything is installed.
1: And what's really disappointing in all of this is that Microsoft already has provisions for the Xbox One and Xbox One S and Xbox One X to allow for multiple disk installs. Developers and publishers can go up to two disks, no questions asked. And if they need more, they need to talk to Microsoft to negotiate a few things. But point is, it is possible. Turn 10 is a Microsoft-owned studio.
2: Forza 7 is their biggest game of the year. Yeah, it is, right? it no. is one of the actual games which won't come to PS4, unlike almost everything else which they call exclusive.
1: Yeah, and and this, and this if this is how it's going to be, where you expect people to download 50 gigs day one, you're more or less, uh, it's kind of dead in the water. I mean, I mean in India, if they're expecting to sell even 50 units, they won't sell five. It's It's a disappointing situation. And more so because it seems that Microsoft thinks that everyone is living in the cloud. Everyone has data to spend. I'm sorry, 50 GB for a lot of people in a lot of countries where Microsoft and the Xbox is available officially, like India. So, why on 50 gigs as a as a data cap for an entire month? True that. And fine, you, one might argue that, you know, geos has changed things around for a lot of people. No, no. That's not, ex- you're, you're still looking at a streaming app not consuming more than a gig of data. Yeah,
0: anyway, like all these geos and Vodafone's of the world, now the plans they're offering, they're limited to 2 GB per day max. Exactly. So are you gonna like wait for 25 days to download your game?
1: That's the point, right? I mean, it's, it's a very disturbing, disappointing state of affairs from a company that's constantly left me disillusioned this entire generation. Triple
2: World's Cup alliteration. But yeah, but yeah so uh, Forza 7 already has a lot going against it because uh, one, it it's not going to sell as much as GT Sport regardless of quality because that's just how it is with the Grand Rizmo name. Forza 7 is probably going to be a very good game but there are going to be multiple expansion passes not included in the Ultimate Edition. Forza 6 had lots of microtransactions in your face asking you to buy different types of card packs, different types of in-game currencies and the like. It was pretty pretty disappointing. I mean, it was almost as bad as Shadow of War, how it's going to turn out this year. They tuned that back a bit for Forza Horizon 3, but uh, I'm not expecting that much from Forza 7. And this does not even include the Xbox One X patch, which will be separate. So if you plan on buying Forza 7 on disc for your Xbox One X, you're going to be downloading 50 GB, which is for the rest of the game, and a 4K asset pack patch separately, which, which will be available a few days after the Xbox One X release. Which is an
1: additional 50 gig usually. So you look at 150 gigs on Forza 7. To put it in perspective, the Xbox One S and Xbox One X right now, barring the special edition 2TB Xbox One S, the max capacity is, is, is one terabyte. You don't get a full one terabyte because you know the OS takes a lot of space. So you're nine fifty 950, 950 to a, a, around 895 to 950 gigs. And from that, you need 150 just for Forza 7. Now, don't get me wrong, this is the first time Microsoft's tried, gotten away with this. We had this with Quantum Break as well, where uh, the game had full HD uh, TV episodes in between each chapter, and it ended up ballooning a game size up to 100 gigs, 120 gigs. And uh, if you look at it right now, the file size for Halo 5 is also close to 100 gigs. What the hell is going on? Does Microsoft just want people to play three games on their console? It's very disturbing, very disappointing, and uh, it makes me fear for the future of Xbox. But that's just me.
0: Yeah, alright then, moving on. I think the second last topic on our list is about player unknowns Battlegrounds. Again? Uh, PUBG. Wait, is this
1: a rerun of last episode?
0: Yeah, sounds like it. So, so they've yeah. broken
1: some other record, right? 1.3 million concurrent yeah, users. Yeah, this
2: is a, one of the most important records on PC, at least because uh, the maximum number of people on Steam who've been playing a game together concurrently, as they call it, was Dota 2. I think it hit 1.29 million during one of their uh, international yeah one of the internationals which is their yearly events PUBG has just overtaken them it's, it reached 1.33 I think it's still selling like crazy it crossed 10 million sales i think yeah, the it's... only record left now is uh, for it to outsell CS:GO on Steam because that's the only uh, that's the biggest selling uh, yeah, but valve game I, I don't think that's ever going to happen for one simple reason uh
1: in a lot of countries in a lot of places you can pick up two copies of CS GO for a copy of PUBG. Yeah. So I think that's one thing Valve can sleep safely, uh, rest rest easy about. I don't think that's gonna happen. Yeah, in
0: India PUBG is nine ninety nine rupees, right? And no, yeah. it's
1: one triple nine, I think. Nine
0: ninety nine. No, nine ninety nine okay. and uh, CSGO is like four eighty. So
1: Yeah, four four eighty, four ninety and mm. CSGO keeps getting discounted routinely. Plus you get yeah. it cheaper on Amazon, which is three hundred bucks. Yeah. So uh yeah, I don't see that happening. But having said that, uh PUBG has taken off the world over and sat and Despite the simplistic gameplay loop, it's seen some uh, interesting uh, imitators in the form of Fortnite, something which we discussed on the last podcast. Yeah. And speaking of Fortnite, uh, it seems that Epic Games flipped the
2: switch on something Mike's really interested in. (laughs) So Epic Games had secretly, slyly, quote unquote, mistakenly enabled cross-platform play between PS4 and Xbox One. And the way someone realized this is because they saw a username which had a space and As you know, PlayStation IDs are not... You aren't allowed to make a PlayStation ID with spaces. And when people search for that username, they got to know that that said user was on Xbox One. And this actually showed cross-platform play between PS4 and Xbox One working. It has now been disabled and Epic claims it was a mistake. Uh, Phil Spencer, boss of Xbox, has commented saying that he wishes they had left it on So
1: yeah, that's nice for him to say. that. Did that because, happen
2: because when they switched off cross-platform play, the numbers just dropped on Xbox <laughs> One? Yeah, know.
1: it's possible. I mean, definitely so. And more importantly, let's be honest. Uh, all said and done, uh, Mike. I mean, Sony's. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Fortnite's majority sales are on the PlayStation 4. The last thing they want to do is uh, get on the bad side of the people responsible for a large chunk of their revenue. But uh, yeah, that's. It, but, but yeah, it just goes to show that the only people left to play ball on cross-platform play is essentially Sony whether it comes to pass or not remains to be seen and uh, hopefully sooner the better because i mean it's it's just let's be honest games are getting expensive platforms aren't exact consoles aren't exactly cheap computer hardware isn't exactly cheap and if there's a way for everyone to get the game on without any going through the hoops yeah why not uh, so yeah if anyone at sony is listening to this yeah we get you we understand from a business standpoint why you wouldn't want certain games like minecraft because, you know, Xbox Live is needed for that. And, yeah, let's set the battle. But then with stuff like Fortnite, which is essentially a third party. And, uh, I mean, let's be honest. Tim Sweeney hates everyone. So, yeah, make it happen.
0: All right, then. Finally, we move on to the Mike's Weird Games segment of the podcast. So, Mike, Utawa Rerumono Mask of Truth. Have that was you last it? week. Have you finished the game? Yes, 81 Ooh. hours. Awesome.
2: This week, been playing mostly Danganronpa V3, which is... Uh, the quote-unquote sequel to this visual novel adventure game, which is Dying on 1 and 2, which are now available on Steam, PS4, Vita. Uh, very interesting games. Uh, With a
0: lot of interesting phrases, which we will not mention on this podcast. That's only in the new one.
2: Okay. So, <laughs> a very interesting games where a robotic bear takes control of an academy and forces people to kill themselves. Very interesting characters. Great setting. Story is amazing. Do not watch the anime, play the game, they get discounted very often on PS4 and on Steam. Pick it up in the next sale, you will not regret it. The third game just released, it's not as good as the first two, but uh, yeah, the ending will definitely cause some ruckus in gaming in that small community that there is. Hmm. So been playing that, been also playing Cook Serve Delicious 2, more of it, it got an update which finally enabled mouse controls. And this is one of the few games where I see mouse and touch being better than controller because Just crazy and not used to the Xbox One controller for such quick gameplay with multiple button presses at the same time. Hmm. So, been playing that basically. What about you?
0: Yeah, so I have still been playing only Darkest Dungeon. The game is huge. So, it's not like, you know, I've been repeating stuff and all. Now, I'm just building my party so that we can take on the next boss, which... Uh, is looking quite difficult to me. Like, the Sonorous Prophet is one boss, which I'm, like, building my party towards, taking. Uh, So what happened is I discovered this new class of character called the Occultist. So, uh, so far, I'd ignored it because I thought, what nonsense, this character looks total garbage. But then I discovered that uh, this character has one uh, really nice ability, which is called the Weakening Curse. So that curse, like, basically reduces the damage of uh, other characters, I mean, the enemies, by, like, 90%. And that makes it very useful in a boss fight. So just like gearing towards that. But yeah, um, overall really enjoying it. Uh, So Darkest Dungeon for those of you who did not listen to the last episode uh, is this dungeon crawler role-playing game which is like super tough and in that they just expect all of your characters to die and you know, don't bother with uh, like looking for things like saving your game so that you can prevent a character from dying. Like the moment it dies, a character, uh, the moment they die, like they're just gone. So what I did was once one of my characters died, I just force quit the game and I re- relaunched the whole thing and I sh- uh, tried to play it. So it turns out that it saves the game the moment the character dies. So that, you know, even if you first quit and you come back, you still are in the same battle at at the exact same point with your character dead. So there's no point in, like, you know, trying uh, saves coming or other tactics like that. But yeah, overall, a pretty enjoyable game, but it's a little stressful. It's a little dark. So if you're looking for something that makes you, like, really happy and all, maybe this is not the right one. But I am enjoying it because I love RPGs and this is a very good example of a nicely done role-playing game. So, Rishi?
1: Yeah, so... What Pranir described was a very dark game that made him very happy. For me, it was quite the other way around. Uh, I played a game that's supposed to make you happy and buoyant, but make me feel pretty crap. And that was Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Like, wow. I mean, it's such a train wreck. Such a train wreck of a game. I don't even know where to begin. Then why did you give it 6 on 10 I was being lenient. Okay. But like every ca- every male character looks like he has a broken nose every character in general the art direction is so bad that it seems like they're all auditioning for the best uh, for for the for a beauty pageant but it's not a beauty pageant it's a contest on who has the face for the best death threat mm, it's so bad. basically
0: like uh, the marvel cinematic universe then
1: yeah essentially like the marvel cinematic universe which is pretty much garbage and more so for somebody who's been a, who's obsessively played Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 and Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Fate of Two Worlds. Those were really fun to play. Those had a really cool comic book aesthetic. And this is like a downgrade, an absolute downgrade. It looks like an early PS3 game. And uh, I thought it was really bad. And then I decided to play Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 on the PS4 just to double check. And wow, it's bad. So yeah, that, I've been playing that. But once you get past how ugly it looks you know, and by get past, I mean, hopefully after 20 or 300 or 4 million beers, then you can understand, then the gameplay is pretty cool. It's accessible, it's fun. Uh, you have some really cool things like 260, 300 hit combos, which are fun. You can instantly summon an ally to help you out in, in with just the tap of a button, which is also really cool. Uh, there is a sense of depth, accessibility, and strategy. It works really well. But uh, again, there, there are some very obvious characters that have some very interesting... Uh, 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 loopholes so you have spider-man whose ultimate ability basically messes up the entire screen which you know makes which makes perfect sense because then you can't block anything other characters don't have that even ghost riders ghost riders ultimate ability again uh, messes up the entire screen so you can't block that either so uh yeah there are some very obvious uh characters that are going to be favorites when this is out to a larger audience personally though i feel that uh it's a disappointing entry considering how good and how polished the last the earlier games in the franchise have been so I've been playing a lot of that and pretty much drowning my sorrow on how bad it looks. I mean, even though the, some of the gameplay is pretty nice. Uh, and another thing that's really bothering me is the fact that there's no Deadpool, there's no X-Men, and they won't even be coming as DLC because Disney has issues with Fox, who has the movie rights. So, hey, let's uh, let's uh, take that on to the games front and make fans of Marvel versus Capcom feel sad. So, that. I've uh, been playing yeah, mainly that and uh, pretty much little else. Uh, though I am... Looking forward to FIFA 18 when that hits. Looking forward to... Uh... No, so, yeah, I mean, FIFA 18 is coming up. Looking forward to that. And, uh, pro- and probably looking also forward to what happens with uh, Assassin's Creed when that's out and uh, New Colossus. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's about it for this episode of Transition. And we will see you with another episode next week when hopefully we are not playing this new game called iOS 11. Hmm. And you can find our... Uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and Instagram accounts at cages 360 Do follow us there and if you have any questions, comments or feedback, send us an email at podcast at Kajis360.com. As always, the music for this episode comes via Magnus Solai Paulson, whose album PPP PPP is where the tracks are from. Thank you so much for listening.